This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys on Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. Helen Farmer with you. Your chance to hear from the experts, the insiders and the industry. Get some great recipe ideas and, of course, share your questions as well as we talk all things food. This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Good afternoon to you. I'm Helen Farmer with you live until five, talking all things food. We are live from ICCA and joined now by the man of the hour, Chef Russell Impiazzi, joining us. He's the executive chef at Sofitel Dubai, the Obelisk. A fantastic property that has become famed for its food, and he is the man responsible for putting together those menus, conceptualising, of course, overseeing the teams. Um, But before we start talking hotels and food, of course, what about food you don't like, Chef? Because that's exactly what we're asking everyone to get in touch with today. What food can you just never, ever like, no matter how many times you've tried, no matter how old you get? And we've got suggestions from bitter gourd to sushi, tripe to raw tomatoes. Kumar's got an upsetting story. Mushrooms getting a few votes as well. Um, and I love this honesty from Mariam saying, I cannot make myself like or eat okra. Ladyfingers, they're slimy, often have caterpillars in them. But I do cook them for my kids because they've got loads of fibre. <laughs> okra's amazing. We, we did a food taste yesterday with the guys in Taiko and they put the, 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 um, the okra on the, on the rabata grill and glaze it with a bit, bit of sweet chilli. It was amazing. So listen, grill your okra, don't boil it because that's when it gets all sticky and slimy. There we go. See, chef's, chef's tips from the top. Now, let's talk about what you're wearing. You've got a very fetching apron on, chef. Bright pink. It is, of course, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. What's your personal history with raising awareness and indeed quite a lot of money over the years yeah no this has been it's been amazing we started really in 2014 a good friend of mine chef robbie stokes his beautiful wife claire sadly passed away from breast cancer which was which was tough um so we kind of wanted to create a bit of a legacy for her and we've, we've been doing it every year in october and the, the chefs really drive this and seeing the support that, that everyone's given us over the years has been has been pretty inspiring and, and that's kind of our inspiration claire continues to be to this day and that's why we do it well, you look very dashing indeed, and I know we've got aprons for our live masterclass participants as well to be to be getting in on the action. Um, chef, tell me a little bit. It's been twenty five years of you oh. in the kitchens. Yes, you must have been just a mere a mere baby well, when you when you got your. your you chef know, I'm, I'm one of these rare people that I've, I've kind of always known what I wanted to do okay. um, since I was seven eight years old. Uh, I remember making bread at school. Uh, I've told this story before and. And it just got me how these, these three ingredients, uh, yeast, flour and water, just turned into this amazing loaf of bread. And I just remember going home and telling my mum, listen, I think I want to be a chef. And, and that was it. It was, it was clear focus. It was Delia Smith on a Tuesday night <laughs> oh, and, and, not question, and not question the sport. And, um, <laughs> and, 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 and I managed to, 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 to get a part-time job on a, on a Saturday in a small hotel in, in Woodford in Essex. Um, and, and I just loved it. And I was lucky enough to get an apprenticeship straight from school when I was 16. Um, and, and, and never looked back uh, and, and been in Dubai for so long uh, I first came in God, 1996 and wow. just seeing how, how Dubai has changed not just not just from a landscape perspective but, but from, a, from a culinary standpoint oh, it's, absolutely it's, huge when we think about sourcing as well relation, chef community and how it's amazing, it's amazing you know, when I first started there was two or three suppliers um, and it was a challenge and then over the years just to be just to see it grow and just see the passion in, in, in what people have and what they've brought to the table, it, it's, it's leading for me. You know, I've been in London for the last couple of years and, and I missed it. You know, I missed the food. I missed the authenticity. I missed, 
I miss the people. You know, it's, it's, there's an honesty here when it comes to cooking. And, and, and I love it. And, and the team I have are absolutely incredible and what they bring to the table and the energy they bring and listening to the crazy new guy with his stupid ideas. That, that, you know, it, it, <laughs> it's, it's, all it, part it, of it. it's great. We're going to find out more about your role at the Obelisk and some of the restaurants that are under, under your umbrella because they are far ranging from roast dinners to some of the best Japanese food in town. Chef Russell and Piazza joining us this afternoon. Welcome back to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinney's. Eat well, live well. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. <laughs> I'm having a, I'm really enjoying your messages about the food you don't like because you're just adding to my list of foods that I don't like now. You, you're getting me in trouble. Tell us, no matter how many times you've tried, you'd never order it from the menu. You'd never pick it up in store. The food you just cannot get on with. Joining us to perhaps help you uh, eat this, bring it into your life, or indeed just leave it on the shelf, we've got Chef Russell Impiazzi joining us. He's executive chef at Softel Dubai, the Obelisk. Um, lots of messages coming in for you, sir. Sinead saying, so lovely to hear Russell again. I remember him from when he worked at Woffy back in the day. Oh, back in the day, indeed. In the day, my goodness. This is great to be back at Woffy. You know, I, I spent a huge part of my life there, and um, it's good to be back in familiar surroundings in such a wonderful building that, that the Obelisk is. And I've got a message here from Farah, who needs your help. She says, long lost friend, I cannot eat liver. No, no, no. I've had it at the most beautiful restaurants. Are there any dishes you'd recommend to help me give it another shot? Oh, liver's a tough one. It's, 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 got, it's got that gamey flavour to it. And when you're cooking it, there tends to be a smell. But look, soak it in milk first. It helps to kind of get rid of that little bit of tang that's next to it. Make sure it's nice and dry. But char, on the char grill, you know, have a nice little spicy dipping sauce. That could work. I think a lot of it is what we grow up eating. I've thought for the longest time that roast dinners were supposed to be kind of grey and with, you know, really <laughs> overboiled vegetables. And that was just the way my grandma made them. But and then were... I go to somewhere like, you know, your, <laughs> your gaff and have a roast dinner and it's night and day. But listen, I, I stuffed hearts, lamb's kidneys. I, my mum was a, was a cook's cook. Um, Nose to tail before it, it was it, a thing. It, it really was. And, and you think, oh, you, you, you come home and you see that. The hearts on the side and think, okay, that must be for the dog. No. And no, no. And, but she, she made this amazing <laughs> stuff in and braised it for hours. And then the, the, the result of trying to eat it, but you actually try it, is actually it was amazing. So here's my question to you, sir. As a chef who is, needs to be creating menus and working with teams from all over the world and thinking about what's required for customers and inspiring people, what don't you like to eat? Um, oh, we, we were talking about this. Uh, anchovies. I just can't do it. Anchovies and and, and uh, as a real chefy thing, uni uh, sea, sea urchin. urchin. You know, as a chef, it, it reads so beautiful. I mean, oh, topped with uni. I can't stand them. I appreciate you know, your honesty. Full disclosure, <laughs> I, I just can't do it. Uni, uni and anchovies. So, oh. t- so tell us then, because you do have um, you got taken down at uh, yeah. the Obelisk. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what it takes to actually create a menu from scratch. It's a huge opportunity, but that must be quite intimidating to think of a completely blank slate but that's the fun isn't it i mean inspiration comes from everywhere and you draw on the team around you the ingredients you've got in season um who are you cooking for mm-hmm. uh, and, and the skill level you've got in the team there's no point if i can do it but then of course you've got to train a whole team around you to bring it to life and you know it, it's it's fun and after 25 years you, there's a few there's a few ideas in the back of your mind and the, what works and, and some that you know you make it and you think it's a great idea in your head and it ends up a bit of a disaster so you kind of park that one but you always revisit ideas over the years so it, it's look if you love it it comes natural to you and how how do you think your own attitude towards creating dishes has changed in your in your decades of experience were you that 
classic young chef who wanted to throw loads of ideas at the plate and weird and wonderful ingredients. Oh, I think and we've all done that as chefs. Oh, I think we definitely. Over the years, you understand and you, you, you kind of get a bit more respect for the people producing the produce. And I think that's really important to understand the origins, the heritage of the produce. And, and I think as a chef, as you, you evolve as you get older, um, you know, and, and understand that, that ingredients have to shine. They, they, you know, you buy the best you can possibly buy, whether that's a tomato or, or a beautiful piece of beef tenderloin. It's, it's, it's understanding where it comes from and then just giving it a little nudge in the right direction and, and letting it shine for you. And, and it's helped me over the years. And, and if you're thinking what to cook for dinner tonight, just keep it simple and, and don't overcomplicate things. Well, what we're making today, I say we, <laughs> you, royal we. I am tasting later, <laughs> uh, beef wellington, creamy mashed potatoes and a classic gravy. Now, I'm from the north, you're from the south. We're going to have a bit of a gravy off here. Okay, What's, it's on. It's on. It's on. Well... <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know how yours is out of 10. You are listening to Farmer's Kitchen. We're broadcasting live from ICCA. So many of you getting in touch, wanting some advice, really, on turning the uh into wows on the food front, the ingredients that you just cannot get on with. We've had questions about asparagus. Uh, we've had, again, lots of people talking about the offal, the tripe. Um, and Deborah saying, hey, milk, just remember those little warm bottles we were made to drink at school. Deborah Warm in the summer, frozen in the winter, little blue straws. I am with you. I am weird about milk, and I think there's definitely a kind of a 1980s England to blame for it. This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Helen Farmer with you. We are live until five, talking food, the food you love. And also the food you're not so fond of. For Sally, it's blue cheese. We've had messages about chicken feet, asparagus, um, sushi, surprisingly. Lots of people really can't get on with sushi. For Bella, it's steak tartare. What is the food that you cannot stand? You thought maybe you'd like it when you got older, and it just hasn't happened. For me, it's bananas. I've tried, I've failed. I will never eat them. So what is the food you cannot stand? Let me know. And maybe our special guest this afternoon, Chef Russell Ampiazzi. He is here, exec chef at Sofitel Dubai Obelisk, might be able to give you a helping hand on turning that frown upside down. Um, for in as- asparagus, any suggestions on uh, making asparagus? I mean, I've got to say, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a fan too. Um, yeah, asparagus is just one of those simple things. You cook it in, in a bit of water and some butter. Um, don't overcook it. You know, it's, the idea when you're cooking asparagus or any green veggies, you just kind of want to make sure the water's just over the top and a big knob of butter. Some, uh, you know, don't be shy with the salt and just cook it slowly and, and you know, nice al dente, a nice bite. Um, and it's always nice some hollandaise sauce to, to dip. Um, you know, asparagus is, is one of my faves. Oh, I'm getting hungry, which is fortunate because we, we go up and doing some eating this afternoon, Chef Russell. Tell us a little bit about the beef Wellington we're making this afternoon. Is this on any of your menus at the Obelisk? Yeah, this is from uh, this is Chef Michael's recipe from the Nine. Um, you know, he, he does a half decent beef Wellington, I have to say. And you know, it's 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 it's, it's there on the menu every Wednesday night. We do a, the Welly Wednesday, which is Welly Wednesday. You know, it's, again, it's not any news. You've got to do it. Um, but it's just one of those things that take a lot of time to put together. Normally, we're, we're going to go into a bit of a speeded up version here today. Um, you know, it's, it's a dish that you think, oh, I can never do that. But I, honest, you know what? It's it's not that not that difficult. To be honest, when I go out to a restaurant, I 
try to order something that I could never make at home. This is, by the way, mm. most food. Um, but Beef Wellington is something like that because I think about the component parts, start to feel a bit intimidated. And that's why I love Farmer's Kitchen because it's about seeing what's on the shelves of Spinney's and having an expert such as yourself to give us the confidence to create restaurant yeah, quality exactly. food I mean, at this, home. This, 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 the one that we make uh, uh, at the nine is it's a two-day process. Um, You've got two hours, my friend. Yeah, I know, right. Um, <laughs> But no, we, uh, Michael makes a pastry himself. He makes a rough puff as well, which, which is, you know, takes a little bit of love as well and how we marinate the meat a little bit more. So, you know, the, the bit of time goes into that one. Uh, but we're doing a, you know, just as good a version today, uh, a speeded up hey, version, listen, but, it, but it works. Um, Delia's not afraid of a good shortcut. Life's too short to make your own pastry. Oh, there's no shortcuts, but um, yeah, look, the, the, the ready mold rate stuff is, 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 is pretty good. Um, so I'm happy with that. Tell us about the beef we're going to be cooking with today. What should you be looking for in a cut if you're going to be cooking it in a Wellington as opposed to putting it on a grill, for example? It, it's a fillet. It's, it's, it's uh, the tenderloin uh, that we're going to be using today. It, it kind of sits just underneath the rib in the cow. It's, it's not a muscle, which means it doesn't really do much, which is where the tenderness comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you look for, for a piece of meat, you want a nice piece of marbling in there, not too bright red. Um, you know, I have to say the stuff from, from the spinners have sent today, the, the Australian stuff is, is pretty good. It's an Angus. Um, and again, what I look for as one of the labels is something that's antibiotic free, hormone free. Yes. You want to make sure it's raised the way it should be. Um, and so, no, it's, 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 it's pretty good stuff. So the stuff we're cooking with today is from Stanbroke, which is one of Spinney's suppliers in Australia, uh, family-owned company. And we've also got a bit of a, a bit of local flavour as well because of the mushrooms now. Vitamin D, as we know, a bit of, bit of a deficiency issue here in the UAE. Could mushrooms be the medicine? Because the mushrooms we're cooking with today um, are actually enriched with vitamin D and uh, right here, developed by Spinney's, um, where does the shroom fit in so to the, the welly? The shroom, you said it when you walked in, that smells amazing. We're actually just roasting the mushrooms off now. And all we've done is just put them in the oven with a bit of time and just roasted them. What that does is it extracts a bit of moisture um, because we're going to make a duck cell that sits, sits at the heart of the, the beef wellings and that wraps the beef. Um, and then by roasting them in the oven first as opposed to cooking them down, it takes a bit of the moisture out. Mm. And then as you're taking that moisture out... No one out, likes a soggy welly. No, you know, no one's soggy bottom. But again, <laughs> I'll show you how to do that as well later. Okay. Um, it just takes the moisture out. And as you're taking the moisture out, you're just maximising the flavour of the mushroom. So the mushrooms we're cooking with today are available in Spinney's. It's the Kanoko, the first mushroom farm in Dubai. Amazing. I know, 20 years of experience. Um, and they've obviously looked at the UA market. They're enriching it with vitamin D. So, yeah, I love the sound of this. Really, really interesting questions come in on 4001 saying, how does the roast vary across parts of Britain? Hmm, is there a north-south divide when it comes to the roast dinner? What did you grow up having? Um... We we roast beef all the way. Uh, Yorkshire puds, always Yorkshire puds. But it was, it was kind of the the, the the top side and the silver side, and um, really really slowly cooked. And, and, and so my mum makes a pretty mean roast roast dinner, uh, as opposed to where he, today you've got the rib of beef, which is a bit more of a prime cut. Mm-hmm. But but now I grew up with the, the secondary cuts, just cooked a lot longer, a lot slower. Low and slow. Um, and the Yorkshire puddings, you know, look, my wife is is the Yorkshire pudding queen. Get her over here. Uh, she's amazing. What, what uh, it, what, give me advice. Mine are like pancake <laughs> flat. How she, do you make a good... Listen, she nails it every time. And I'm a little bit jealous of that, but she, she's amazing. Here's my question to you. Good roast potatoes at home. Any tips and tricks for that really crunchy outer and a nice fluffy inside? So it's, it's that first parboil. Um, you kind of want to get it to the point where it's not overcooked, where you pop your knife in and it just falls off. Mm-hmm. And then drain it so it's fully, fully dry. And then back in the pan, give it a good shake. Um, and again, my wife told me this one as well. A little splash of flour. 
Um, again, just fluff them up a little bit more, and you need really hot oil when it goes in the oven. You want to hear the sizzle <laughs> as it hits the pan. That's what you're listening for. We have got Chef Russell this afternoon. He's the exec chef at Sofitel Dubai, the obelisk. So if you've got any questions, cooking tips needed, get in touch, 4001. Also, loving your messages about the food you cannot get on with. This is your chance to win 500 dirhams to spend in your local Spinney's store. I've got to be honest, some of these messages, quite graphic in their nature. I don't want to think about exploding eyeballs and embryos. And No, no, no. I want to be thinking about Beef Wellington. I've got a story about fish eyeballs. I do not want to hear it. So, Chef, as, you, as we mentioned earlier, you came over back in the mid-90s. They're at Waffi developing some of those restaurants that are still standing to this day. A real testament to the kind of passion and the, the patronage, really, of, of so many people here in, in the region. And now you're back at that end of town, at the Obelisk. Tell us a little bit about some of the restaurants that are under your care. So we mentioned Taiko already, which is the contemporary Asian. Uh, very strong influence from Japan, uh, from my good friend uh, Shilo uh, from Amsterdam. Uh, then we have uh, Daniel Ballou, uh, Brasserie Ballou, uh, beautiful Art Deco-style French brasserie. Uh, Chef Nicholas does an amazing job there. And as we mentioned earlier, the, the Nine, uh, British Gastro Pub, real emphasis on British produce and, and dishes you, you, you miss. Um, but, but there's a lot of care and attention that goes into the product we, we, we put on the menu in the Nine. Um, Bijou, our patisserie, which is, which is incredible. Uh, we have a fantastic afternoon tea there. Um, that, that, that's proving hugely popular. You're uh, a busy boy. Yeah, no, and it, it, you know, we, we've had events this week, which has been just so amazing to see, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. So I know, look, I got stuck in traffic last night and thought, this is pretty awesome. Dubai's you know, back, I, I want to be stuck in traffic. I'm sure the novelty <laughs> yeah. will wear off quickly. Say, but, day, day two might not be so yeah, exciting. Yeah. But no, I, th- I think that's exactly it. And having yeah. been at the Expo 2020 site yesterday, just loving the buzz. Oh, I can't wait to go. It, oh, yeah. you, will, you will eat your way around the world. It, there's some, some brilliant, brilliant dishes knocking around. There really, there really is, and we're lucky enough to be there every single Wednesday. So I'm on a personal mission to try every, <laughs> try every single thing. Um, how big is your team? How big is the brigade? Uh, we've got 70 chefs, which is, wow. which is great. Um, and I think we've got about 26 different nationalities, which I absolutely love. Because everyone brings their own flavour to the table, mm-hmm. and, and it's something I encourage all the guys to do. Because share your food story. You know, everyone's got their own little bit of love and passion, you know, where they learn to cook. Uh, and it's great to talk about it, and, and we, we do as much as we can. Shared perspective. And Absolutely. And when it comes to bringing on new team members, we're going to be speaking to some of the team here at ICCA who are young chefs looking to get their break in the business. Can you look at someone, whether it is their skills or their attitude, and know pretty quick if they've got what it takes uh, to move up the ranks? In, in the first 10 seconds of talking to someone. Really? Yeah, you, you just see, you know, when you talk about food, you want to, you want to see an emotion. You know, the little spark in your eye, the smile appear on their face. And I was just talking to the girls here, um, and, and they just listen to every word. Well, they have an amazing future for sure because they, they listen. And I love that, you know, bringing the passion out in, in young guys and girls. Well, let's see if our masterclass participants have got what it takes. We're making a classic beef Wellington creamy mash and a gravy too this afternoon. Delighted to be joined here at ICCA by Chef Russell and Piazzi. Here is the exec chef at Softel Dubai, the, the obelisk. I'm getting hungry. I'm going to let you get back and start the, teaching some key knife skills and letting everyone know exactly what they need. This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. And I'm sorry if you haven't had your lunch yet, but prepare to feel hungry. It smells absolutely amazing down here. Chef Russell 
is just rounding up his brigade of young chefs, teaching them how to make that brilliant beef wellington. I can see a lovely cut of meat, some beautiful tomatoes as well. And thank you again, as ever, to Spinney's for providing these lovely ingredients. If you'd like to be on a future Farmer's Kitchen show and learn how to make the best from the best, then stay with us on Dubai I-103.8. We'll be telling you about some of the recipes, the chefs that we're going to be meeting between now and Christmas. But yeah, speaking of the tomatoes, some really lovely key ingredients we're using today. Of course, that whole beef tenderloin from Stanbroke in Australia. The brown mushrooms from right here in the UAE. And the vine tomatoes are pure harvest with Spinney's food. So they're actually made in a recently opened state-of-the-art greenhouse in Alain. Uh, so locally owned... Um, and they've got a number of facilities now covering 41,000 square meters. And they also grow things like baby spinach, uh, baby lettuce um, and lots of growers as well, including Salama, who's the first female Emirati grower that's in our lane. So the people responsible for the tomatoes uh, that we're using today and, of course, that you can find on the shelves, too. Now, interestingly, raw tomatoes have had a couple of votes on the most disliked food. So let me know the food that you might have tried it as a child and thought, maybe when I'm a grown-up I'll like this, but it just hasn't come together. Let me know yours on 4001. Mine, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I cannot get on with bananas. Um, so I know I should. I want to like them. I just can't. Make my stomach, stomach turn. Cannot stand it. Um, but loads of you getting in touch with yours. Um, and I have to say, lots of people talking about uh, blue cheese as well, raw tomato and avocado, um, and lots of you wanting tips from Chef Russell himself. So we are delighted to have Chef Russell joining us from the Obelisk this afternoon. Um, question about quick, easy risotto. And many of you wanting to know, interestingly, the right way to make mashed potato, which is exactly what we're doing this afternoon with our beef wellington. There's going to be a creamy, uh, creamy mash and a classic gravy as well. So getting you in the mood for some food, I'm going to head over now and find out the latest when it comes to those ingredients. So I'm going to grab a different mic and head over and catch up with Chef Russell. So, Chef, hello, sir. We've got a beautiful beef tenderloin here. What are you explaining? What are we looking for in this cut? So just explaining what to look for when you buy a meat. So as we're looking for the cross-section here, you've got these lovely white flecks of, of, of fat, which we call marbling. And obviously when you're buying tenderloin, the more marbling you see is really where the flavour lives. All right? And as, as the beef cooks, that, that fat will kind of dissipate as the temperature gets through it. And you have this lovely soft piece of meat, which is nice and juicy. All right? Now, back at the nine, uh, this takes two days to make. We've got just a couple of hours, um, but I can see what we're, what we're going to be working towards. We've got beautiful pastry. The roasted uh, mushrooms smell incredible. Some uh, veggies that are going to be used for what? What's going to be happening to our carrot, our onion, and our celery? So, and we've got the offcuts of the beef as well, the trim. So we're going to roast that down in a, in a heavy pan. It's where our, to make our stock. Um, the, the spinach ready-made veal jus is, is where it starts off, and we're just going to reduce that down over the next hour or so. I've got, yeah, I think you've got a confident bunch here. We've got chef's hat. We've got eyes on the prize. I've got a good feeling about my, my early Thursday afternoon dinner. Chef, thank you so, so much. This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. I'm Helen Farmer with you live until five o'clock. We're catching up now with our chef of the afternoon. Chef Russell Impiazzi is with us. He's the executive chef 
at Sofitel Dubai, the obelisk, and we have stolen one of the recipes from the nine. Um, and I'm very happy that we have. We are making today beef wellington with a creamy mash, which people need your advice on, and a gravy too. So, Chef Russell, what is happening in our kitchen here at ICCA? Okay, so the mushrooms are roasted. They smell amazing. The mashed potatoes are on. Uh, we've just seared the first beef, and we're just getting the gravy going as well. The, tell us about the sear, because... The sizzle, it was, and it was a great sizzle. What are you looking for in a pan before you put... What is a really beautiful piece of meat in? You don't want to be ruining it. <laughs> uh, just control the temperature um, and season well. I, I, I tend to not put black pepper on because I find that burns. Just good salt just before you cook it because if you put too much salt on the beginning, it kind of extracts a bit of moisture, which you don't want. Um, again, hot pan. We said earlier you want to hear the sizzle the tsh, as it hits the pan, which is amazing. And then just leave it. Don't be shaking. Don't be turning. Let it get a nice caramelization. Um, even cooking and just you want to see it each size is beautifully golden brown and we put it in the fridge and tell us when we're going to cut through this beef wellington and in, in hopefully soon because it smells amazing um what um how well done is it going to be throughout what color are you aiming for Listen, i've just literally seared it um and it's going to go in the oven for about half an hour just to cook the pastry and get some heat into the beef we're going to be medium medium rare just the way I like it. You can stay. Chef Russell's with us this afternoon. I'm looking at the text line. What is the food you cannot stand? I thought that, you know, I'm in my mid-30s, late-30s. Now, I thought I should like olives. Can't, just don't. Apparently, when they're good, they're great. Hanan, what? Love an olive. I think I've just had rubbish ones. I didn't like them when I was younger. See? See? But, no like them for quite some time you have to have the right olives they're stuffed with garlic and oh delicious okay maybe i should do a little little i'll give you some tips the spinney's deli run and i can have a little taste test of all of them i just feel like i don't i'm not a proper grown-up don't drink coffee don't like olives <gasps> sparkling water Stop. still don't we love can't, we can't be friends <laughs> listen cheese she says coffee the, the cheese hater oh i know i'm I know. I, I judge myself without my coffee. How can you be a mother without coffee? I thought I'd start drinking coffee when I had kids. <laughs> I know someone that did that. Really? <laughs> but I figure survival. Yeah, a little a little carbonated beverage before every show tends to kind of get me through the afternoon, but yeah, I I wish I drank coffee. It would, be, it would have been useful in Kilimanjaro. So I'll tell, tell you that for free. Um so going to the text line, uh icky tomatoes says Adil. Uh curry um, Isabella saying, I could never like balut, that Cambodian street food which is developing egg. I think, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm 100%. Porridge, mangoes, Peter, mangoes. Um, Marjan saying, boiled eggs, don't like the smell, texture of the yolk. Yeah, when you get that grey yolk, it's not a winner. This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai. Only on Dubai I 103.8. Helen Farmer with you. We're live until five, talking food and getting in the mood for the weekend. So let me know, where are you going this weekend? What have you planned to eat? Or have you been somewhere recently that you think really deserves a bit of a shout out, a bit of love on Dubai Eye 103.8? We are here at ICCA cooking up. I mean, it smells incredible. Beef Wellington, creamy mash and a classic gravy. Chef Russell and Piazzi is with us. He's the exec chef at Sofitel Dubai, the obelisk. And we've basically stolen this recipe from the nine, which have got to be, have been told it's got one of the best roast dinners in town. He's going to be joining us soon to talk about what the latest in the kitchen is and to help out with some of your tips and tricks that you've been requesting on the text line as well about how to make the perfect creamy mash. And I want to know from you, 
What's the food you just cannot get on board with? That you might have tried in the past and thought, maybe when I'm a grown-up I'll like that, and then it just hasn't come together. For me, it's bananas. We've got onions. Nor says pesto. Liver has been a popular one on 4001. So what about you? One man who cannot win this prize today is Ankit Gulabani because you're from Spinney's. Um, yeah. Ankit, when I said this to you earlier, the food that... And you're a big foodie. You know, obviously this is what you do for work, but you're also a really passionate cook in your spare time. What ingredient will you never have on your plate? Papaya. Papaya? Yeah. I, I, I absolutely hate the way that it smells. <laughs> so I just, I, I can't do papaya at all. Okay. Well, I might ask Russell if he's got any ideas, tips and tricks. Now, I'm happy to report the weather is cooling down, uh, which means barbecue season. In the latest issue of the Spinney's magazine, you're not just talking your basic grills. This is barbecue next level. Smoke School is the feature you need to pick up. It's all about really kind of not shying away from using smoke across all sorts of different dishes. Your starters, your sides, and even some desserts. Is there any essential kit that we need to have, Ankit? Because I would imagine it's not just a case of, you know, your, your bog-standard charcoal. Or is it? Um, if, it, if you have a charcoal grill at home, then yes, you can smoke by just like introducing a few wood chips in onto the coal directly, coals directly, and then like letting them smoke. Um, if you have a gas grill, you can go for like the aluminum foil trick. If you just what's do, that? It's basically you make an aluminum foil parcel okay. with the wood chips that have been dampened and soaked, and then add it into the aluminum parcel, and then you keep that, and then that can gets hot, and then that smokes. So you can create smoke on your charcoal grill or your gas grill, but yeah. Some of the recipes we're going to be talking about later include everything from smoked cheese with honey. You've got an ice cream, even a smoked soup. Um, I've, I have to say, I find this a little bit intimidating, to be honest. Um, any essential tips for total beginners? Um, soak your wood chips because you need to kind of keep them like damp when you introduce them because that's what's going to allow for like the smoke to come through. Um, preheat your grill, keep a thermometer ready to test that you've achieved that desired temperature that you need to smoke at. And yeah, just add the damp chips with the charcoal. And I think a bit of imagination, having spoken to Hatamata before, uh, kind of the first Arab pitmaster, he has smoked everything from camel meat to chocolate. Yeah. So. Is anything out of bounds? No. no nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's some things happening in store as well in terms of um, purchases you can make. And it's my husband's birthday coming up in a few weeks. And this could work out incredibly well. You're going to have pizza ovens. Yes, we're going to have pizza ovens in store this month, later this month, actually. So watch out for those. Oh, well, we've got a, a kind of a friendly rivalry going on in our friendship group. There's one family. He's Italian. Another family... He's South African, and it's become a bit of a pizza off. Who's doing the best ones? But it, it's actually an amazing thing to do because we've had things like, oh my goodness, my mouth's watering, um, things like fig and honey on pizzas, um, you know, dessert pizzas for the kids as well. Um, so are they going to be in every store, and what kind of price point am I talking about? How much do I love my husband? <laughs> They're going to be available in most of our major stores, and like you can have either just like something like a pizza... Uh, it's the La Hacienda barbecue pizza oven that will go directly on top of your grill. Okay. Or you can go for like a complete setup which has a pizza smoker and a barbecue all in one if you're starting from scratch, which is honestly such a great investment for an outdoor barbecue. So you, you're saying I need to... Okay, fine. Yeah. He has just looked after the children for 10 days when I went away, so <laughs> I suppose he, he, could, he could be rewarded. 
Um, in this article, you've also got some of the essential kit. So those charcoal briquettes, the lighter fuel, of course, cubes um, and firewood as well, plus all of the gear. I'm guessing some long tongs are required. We don't want to. Uh, we haven't all got the asbestos fingers of a uh, Chef Russell. Every chef I know is like, just not check the sear on this meat and put their fingers directly into the pan. I'm like, please, you're making me incredibly nervous. So having the gear and a bit of an idea, uh, definitely, uh, definitely recommend it. This is, of course, in the new article. Welcome back to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. I'm Helen Farmer with you until five o'clock, getting you in the mood for food. And I can tell you something, it smells just incredible here at ICCA. They're creating a beef wellington, a creamy mash and a classic gravy. Chef Russell from the Obelisk is the man in charge. And I have to say, it sounds and smells like everyone's doing an incredible job. Very excited to give that a taste. What I want to know from you today is what ingredient or dish have you tried and failed to like? And you just can't get there. For me, it's bananas. My kids give me a hard time about it. And I know, I know how good they are for me, blah, blah, blah. They just turn my stomach. We've had messages about jalapeno peppers, pineapple on pizza. David can't stand Korean kimchi. It's horrendous. Do not open the container near me, says David. Oh, dear. Ankit Gulabani joining us from Spinney's this afternoon. For him, it's papaya. And we've had a message for you, Ankit, saying, uh, I hated eating papaya until I found out these two tricks. One, adding a dash of lime zest. And two, eating it right after taking it out of the fridge when it's still chilled. That's from Afia. Willing to give them a whirl? Uh, I think it's the smell. that really Close peg smell. on the nose. Yeah. It's, the, it's the only way. <laughs> but it smells fantastic here. And we're talking about smoking uh, today. Basically elevating your barbecue game. Whether you are cooking on gas, you're cooking over charcoal. Whether it is sides or desserts or mains, and in the new issue of the Spinney's magazine, there's some brilliant ideas. Stuff that really wouldn't occur to me, Anke. So what are you smoking, is my question to you. Tell us some recipes. Um, we just said smoking cheese. So we have a smoked camembert with honey that's smoked with cedar wood chips. And on a cedar plank, then it's drizzled with honey for that bittersweet finish. It's going to taste divine. Oh, my giddy ant. That smells it smells, it sounds amazing. With a little dip, like a little cracker yeah, or something, yeah. or, or uh, kind of baguette. Yeah. We okay. Ha- our waitress crackers are just fantastic with this. Smoked camembert with honey. Um, you've also got a smoked chili caramel chicken thighs. Yeah. That sounds incredible. How, how expert do you need to be before taking this on? You, you'll be making the caramel directly on the barbecue grid. In a saucepan, so that's something you've got to watch out for. So you heat your barbecue to medium-high, scatter over the wood chips, then place the saucepan with the caramel directly on the grid and boil the caramel covered in the covered barbecue to get that smoky flavor in in there. Um, Yeah. Okay, let's talk desserts because it does not... It doesn't (laughs) kind of come naturally to me thinking about smoking desserts. But you've got a couple. You've got even one you can... A smoked butter microwave fudge. Yeah. Is this easy? Yes, this is easy. Okay, this is, this is my wheelhouse. How do you do it? So you add the cube butter into a shallow dish and you smoke it in a covered barbecue with wood chips for 10 to 15 minutes. You can keep tasting to see if you'd like a stronger smoky flavor. 
then you remove it and you let it cool and set at room temperature if you're not using it immediately. Mm-hmm. But if you're making the fudge, you add the melted butter to sugar and condensed milk and microwave it on high for 10 minutes for some instant fudge action. I love it! Stirring it in between, of course, um, until you get that golden brown color. Then you pour it into a tin and you let it cool, then cut it and enjoy You've even got different herbs that you can you can smoke, and the rosemary smoked vanilla ice cream. Yeah, this sounds. I, I mean, are we making ice cream from scratch? Yes, you are making ice cream from scratch. So you basically the cream mixture that you will be using. That's the thing that gets smoked with rosemary in the barbecue for ten to twelve minutes. Okay. I'm, I'm willing to give some, uh, the chicken for sure a whirl. Yeah. You've also got uh, cardamom smoked chocolate bread and butter pudding. Yeah. So do pick up the, the new Spinney's magazines from ideas and inspiration. The food photography is absolutely beautiful. Everything Thank is you. super easy to understand. And I think it really does such a great job in kind of bridging that gap between what you see on the shelf and what you can actually do at home with a bit of imagination, a bit of expertise. And um, and when speaking of expertise, you mentioned his name earlier, Hatamata. Um, he is at Expo. He is at Time Out Dubai. He's going global. He is the world's first Arab pitmaster, and you have stolen him away for a bit of a smoke school. What do we need to know, Ankit? So um, later this month, we're going to have these two sessions with Hatem. Um, it's going to be this big smoke school where he's going to come into the Spinney's headquarters and he's going to teach about 30-odd people how to smoke and how to kind of grill and he's going to be getting his own grills and it's going to be such a fantastic event and you've got to watch out for it. it, We're going to keep putting out updates on Spinney's social media and uh, yeah. He is the man to learn from. Hugely charismatic. His food is phenomenal. When I was away, um, my husband was like, oh, I had had the lads over and they got Hatamata to cater it. And I was like, all right, it seems like you're having a a really nice time without me. Uh, But yeah, the the brisket that he does. The pastrami. The pastrami. The Reuben. The Reuben. (laughs) Yeah. So keep an eye on Spinney's social media because announcements can be there about how you can get involved in that smoke school. What are you doing this weekend, Ankit? Where are you heading to? What are you eating? I am actually heading to Abu Dhabi. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to be staying at the Edition. This is the foodie hotel in the capital. It is. It Ta- there's apparently a very good steak place there. Yes, there is. Um, there's also the Albertaires. That's a really good place to uh, eat. Well, I'm jealous. I've got a four-year-old coming for a sleepover tonight, and I've promised them a pizza party. That's the extent of my dining out this weekend. So what about you, Ankit? Thank you so much. Absolute pleasure. As I said, all of that information is in the brand new issue of Spinney's magazine. This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinney's. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Helen Farmer with you as we talk food, getting in the mood for the weekend. And I tell you what, the kitchens here at ICCA smell amazing. One chef who's joining us for the masterclass is joining me right now. Soul is here. She is recipe creator, content creator, licensed blogger at Soul Selections. And your husband confessed that he's gained 15 kilos yes. since you got together. 15. <laughs> and I think they're adding up soon. <laughs> A quick look at your Instagram. Basically, there's no surprises there. It, yeah. you look it is like all about food. It is all about food. Do you, you have a bit of a sweet tooth yourself? Uh, not really. I'm more like um, salty, savory. Okay. But um, I do. Pe- I do like people to have my food, so I'm more into sweet tooth people coming over. 
There's something about feeding people, right? isn't there? What it makes me so happy. Well, he looks like a very happy man as well, I have <laughs> to say. Um, so tell us a little bit about you. Where did you grow up and when did you start cooking? So I'm a Lebanese-Canadian. I started cooking very young age. Um, grandma, mom. My dream was to become a chef. And uh, I couldn't get this thing happening. I did end up doing my master's in Leicester in UK. Something very different, criminology. Wow, okay. Uh, but eventually I did pursue my dream. And uh, yeah, I'm cooking, cooking away. <laughs> well, huge congratulations. I think it takes Thank a you. huge amount of grit and integrity to hold on to something like that to, for, a, for, a, for yes. a passion. It really, it really is. And any advice to anyone else out there who would love to work in food, whether it is the likes of Chef Russell, who's been 25 yeah. years and, you know, in hotels, or someone who's perhaps looking to do it as a bit of a well, side hustle? If you have a passion for it, there's always a way. I started taking pictures when I was five years old, take pictures of food. And when I couldn't find a way of doing chef, I started cooking at home, food blogging, Instagramming. We have all the social media panels around us so it's pretty easy to find your way it's just you know to have to do it with passion passion and authenticity as well yeah that's true like it's, inconsistency as well mm-hmm. i know and also what, what i would say is your photos are lovely thank you there's nothing it took time <laughs> there's nothing worse than bad food photography that's true i mean sometimes you're like i'm sure that tastes amazing but it looks revolting which is you know something of course menus and chefs need to be aware of all the time of you know, course we eat with our eyes first of yes. course um, tell us how it's going this afternoon. You're making that beef wellington. It looks like some potatoes are being mashed. Mashed, yeah. Have you made beef wellington before? Um, not this beef wellington. <laughs> I've tried beef wellington before, several places. Obviously, my favorite one was in the UK. Of course. And when I tried to remake it, um, I didn't get the ingredients right. Because, you know, it's different countries, different weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, I think I'm just going to go home and remake it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really excited to give it a taste. Uh, yes, we've got this beautiful amazing. piece of Australian beef tenderloin. A number of people messaging wanting to know. We, we've got chef's tips about how to make the perfect roast potatoes. And we want his advice on how to make the perfect mashed potatoes as <laughs> well. And the gravy question. Yeah. So, Lester... I mean, I would say that's Midlands, but if you're from if you're from the south, that's that's, that's north. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have good gravy? Um, I'm not a fan of gravy, but no. <laughs> we will, but no, no, but no. <laughs> so I was at university in Leeds, and that's lots of like chips, cheese, gravy, baked potatoes, gravy, gravy, everything the, gravy, everything gravy, and a bit of cheese on the side. So I'm really interested to give chefs a try. Um, so before I let you get back to the kitchen. And you cannot win this prize today because you are a friend of the show. But I'm curious. We're asking everyone to message in today and talk about the food, the ingredient that they've tried to like over the years yes. and are just admitting defeat. For me, it's bananas. I wish I liked them. You the same? I'm the same. Yes. I hate bananas. And um, when my son was born, you know, the first food is like mashed bananas. Tell me about it. And I couldn't do it. I've had to do exposure therapy because, yeah. because of having children. Yeah. I couldn't even like, have an unpeeled it's banana. It's just too mushy for me. It's the texture. Uh, it's, it's the, the noise text- people make when they Thank eat you. them. It, it, I cannot cope. And Thank you, kindred yes. spirits. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. And that's why my husband was the one doing the mashing and the feeding for for my son. Mine's bordering on a phobia. I, yeah. had, a, I had a boss that used to like chase me around with the banana peel and put one on my desk. And do you things. like monkeys? I do like monkeys. Okay. It's very conflicting. Yes. <laughs> so for soul, it is bananas and me too. But what about you? Let us know the food you cannot stand and maybe thought when you got older things would change, but it has not. 4001 and you'll automatically go into the draw to win that 500 dirham voucher. Catherine says, I can't stand meringues. 
It's like eating a mouthful of crumbly sugar. Catherine, send them my way, please. For Bella, it's durian. I have to say, you're probably yeah, not alone in that. It smells horrible. Revolting. So there is no right or wrong answer here. I just want your name on your messages, please. You'll automatically go into the draw. 500 dirhams for you to spend in your local Spinney's store on whatever you want. You could literally go and buy all the honey cake. You could buy all the Spinney's chicken. What would you do with 500 dirhams, Sol? At Spinney's? Yeah. Honey cake, probably. Yes, yeah, see? Right? I know. They I, make it best. I think also having a look at these, this beautiful piece of meat Oh, as and well. that English mustard we tried now. So that's a, yeah. that's a lot of mustard for 500 dirhams. No, honey cake and mustard. Okay. <laughs> sweet, sweet and savoury. This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. I'm Helen Farmer with you for the last hour of Farmer's Kitchen. Getting you thinking about food for the weekend, some recipe ideas, the latest food news coming your way very, very soon. And we're joined by the man of the hour, Chef Russell Piazzi is with us. He is executive chef at Softel Dubai Obelisk. And can I just say, Chef, smelling good here at ICCA. Well, that's good to know. Uh, we've, done, we've done well. We've got another, another 20 minutes or so left. Uh, so we're just going to pop the, the wellies in the oven. We were talking a minute ago about um, meat-free options. So as we've done the duck cell, um, just explaining to the guys, uh, same process, roast the mushrooms and then put a load of nuts in, cashew nuts, walnuts, roast them off first. Ooh, yum. Um, uh, again, chef's treat, cheat, should I say, Paxo. There you go. Whack it in. Yes. Um, add an egg yolk, roll it up. Same process with the puff pastry and, and the pancake. You know, have a wonderful meat-free option as well. So. Love the sound of that. Yeah, it's really good. Um, you gave us some great tips earlier um, on good roast potatoes, but a number of messages on 400 wanting to you know the key to a good mash. And I'm guessing it's not smash. If not we're smash. Ma- if we're, tell us a little bit about what we've been doing in the kitchen today and how we can try something similar at home. The idea is when you're cutting your, your potatoes, you want to go at least two inch, two inch cube. Give them a good wash so the water runs clear. Um, and then double water to the potatoes. So double the volume of water because when it boils, if there's any excess starch in it, it kind of comes out in the boil. Okay. Um, so they're pretty, pretty cooked and, and kind of mush in your hand and then drain them and then leave it for 10 minutes. Uh, let the steam dry them out. And then we use uh, a little chef toy called a drum sieve, but you can use a normal sieve. The finer the hole, the better the mashed potato. And you take a small amount of the potato with the back of a spoon and you just mash it through gently. Smooth. We're not, we're not blending, we're not mixing because you end up with glue. And then uh, we're just going to finish it with rather a naughty amount of butter. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, yeah, it's all about the butter. Butter is better. It's all about the butter. And, and taste as you go, seasoning, white pepper as well, because you don't want to not really black pepper because you can see it through in a mashed potato mm-hmm. um, and, a, and, a, and a good splash of cream at the end <laughs> it's not rocket science but it's, it's, there's nothing more comf- comforting than a, than a spoonful of creamy buttery mashed potato oh bring it on chef how long do you think it's going to be before we can have a little taste test oh, I reckon you're about 20 minutes away that's absolutely perfect. There you go. Um, and I might take some Tupperware. That's my, that's my dinner sorted. Thank you very, very much. But um, for anyone, and we know we're lucky we've got some really uh, you know, confident chefs with us this afternoon. But, and I know this is going to be a bit of a strange concept for you as someone who's been feeling comfortable in the kitchen since you were a child. But the kitchen can be a really intimidating place for, for an awful lot of people. You know, the thought of having a dinner party for six people makes my blood run cold, to be honest. Is it ever too late to learn some tricks and, no, and face goodness that fear? Listen, what the ICCA do with it, I tell you, they do, they do a really good job mm. here. But keep it simple. Don't, don't overcomplicate it. The last thing you want to do if you're having a dinner party is stress over it because then it's supposed to be fun, right? You, you want to bring a bit yeah. of joy to your friends. You're not, not crying in the kitchen. And then you're, you're wrecking the corner. <laughs> that's, that's not the idea, is it? Have so, you been to one of my dinner parties? <laughs> <laughs> I'm rocking. <laughs> but, but keep it simple. That's it. 
keep it simple. What are some of your go-tos? I'm sure what you cook in the restaurants are very different to what you cook at home. What would you? What uh, what kind of family suppers are you guys having? Um, fam- a, a spag bol. You know, we're we're a spag bol family. Chili, easy. Um, and these are good dishes as well. On, on a Saturday, we'll, we'll we'll bulk we'll bulk cook for the week. Um, you know, we'll make sure the freezer's full of, of, of nice, healthy bits and pieces. And again, when we're doing a spaghetti bolognese, it's we'll load up probably 60% of that is vegetables with the, the leeks, carrot, onion, celery and just a little bit of meat and the mushrooms as well so you're getting you know, five or six vegetables in there as well that, that's, and again it adds flavour And you've got three kids getting yep. into their teens now have any of yep. them shown an interest in getting in the business? Um, my little boy, yes he just wants to play with the knives which is a bit, bit of a worry um, <laughs> Could go either way But you know, it's, it's, we're careful um, Mia's fantastic, she, she made an amazing uh, fajita uh, and guacamole the other day Ella makes a pretty good guac as well. So, uh, listen, if they want to do it, it's great. I'm there to show them, but it, it's up to them really what they mm. want to do. But it, it's, it's there. It's there. And we've you know, got some brilliant young chefs here as well supporting you in the kitchen at ICCA. And they all have these restaurant placements. You know, it's not just the theory in the classroom or, or cooking here under Chef Sergio. It is getting into the industry, which can be a rude awakening for an awful lot of people, the stress of a kitchen. Do you think it's changed over the years? It has to. It's had to. You know, it's, 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 it's an amazing place. You know, the, the teamwork that, that you show, the support for each other, it's, it's, it's an amazing place to be. You go back 30 years, perhaps slightly different, but where we are today, you know, we want to encourage people into the kitchen. It's a fantastic trade. You know, it's taken me around the world. You know, I've eaten some, some crazy stuff. No uni. Um, no sea urchin on the But no, menu. for me, it's, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. The, the fun we have in the kitchen, the team. And, and when you've done a big event or a fantastic service and you see people smiling, our job is to bring the joy. Um, and, and we do our best. Well, thank you to you and your team for working when we're having a night out for... Uh, looking after everyone and bring, making us smile. Chef Russell will be catching up with you later for a bit of a taste. I know you've got some keen chefs looking to get that pastry on the welly. This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai. Only on Dubai I 103.8. I'm Helen Farmer and I want to know from you this afternoon, what is that food you just cannot stand? Maybe you've hated it since you were a child and kind of hoped it would change as you grew up, but it hasn't. It could be a dish, it could be an ingredient. We've had messages from everything from chocolate from Tamara, Liza saying barbecue sauce, uh, Zora, can't stand ketchup. Oh my goodness. Oh my, um, we need to talk. Um, beetroot, says Steve, tastes like mud and makes a mess. Yeah, that reminds you of school dinners where it will just bleed into absolutely everything. Majiba, it's okra. Fatima can't stand apples, and Lorraine's in my camp. Olives. I think I need to try and get over this. So, Lorraine, I'll report back if I find if I find a good one, a good entry level olive. Joining us now on the happy food front to talk all things burger and the latest food news, we've got Dr. Hamad Al Awa. He is one of the co-founders of one of my favourite burger joints in town. It is High Joint. He spent more than fifteen years travelling the world, tasting, creating and then came back to Dubai and decided to open a now-famed burger joint. Dr. Hamad, how are you this afternoon, sir? I'm doing fantastic and great. How are you? I am really well, really, really well. And now, the last time I came to High Joint, it was to try your hot sauce collaboration. And this burger was so spicy, it came served with a scoop of ice cream and a glass of milk, which I laughed at until I bit it. And it blew my mind and my taste buds. What are the latest things on the menu? I know you're always cooking up something special. 
Yeah, of course. I think uh, the hot chicken uh, secret menu is, is off the menu now. We have two new secret menus right now at Al Manara and Khawanij. Uh, at Al Manara, I want to keep it secret still. You can go and ask them oh. for the secret menu. But it does have fried chicken. It does have marinara sauce. It has the pepperoni Ooh. sauce. Ooh, um, that sounds amazing. And in Al Khawanij, we have more Asian flavors, jackfruit, and some new ice cream flavors as well. And I must say that it, at Al Khawanij, if you ever... Um, come before 6 p.m., the ice cream softies served in homemade cones are at one dirham. You know, we always say <laughs> if, if other international brands can do it for one dirham, so can Hydrate. <laughs> Good man. Give the people what they want. Dirham exactly. ice cream. Love, love the sound of it. Now, as I said, this is a real passion project. It's you and your co-founders who've spent literally years experimenting, um, cooking alongside each other, and bringing it all together, you know, not just with the food, but the atmosphere and your staff are fantastic as well. You know, I, I always really, um, really feel very welcome there. And I know a lot of people do. And this is a, a magic formula that's paying off now. Um, you are expanding big time. Tell us about what's happening when it comes to expansion in the city, but also internationally. Can you tell us anything? Of course, of course. I mean, we have one more location opening up soon within less than three to four weeks in Dubai. And as usual, we always promise uh, our our guests that every single location will have a very special menu. And I think uh, we will be releasing bits and pieces of what that secret menu over there has in Dubai, of course. Um, but uh, we are moving very soon outside the borders of the United Arab Emirates. We're going to Riyadh. Congratulations. And, uh, yes, yes. We'll hopefully be open there within a month from now and uh, we will be taking the experience and the food we love here in Dubai in High Joint all the way to Riyadh as well as we've done our research we've tried all the burgers we've met with all <laughs> burger enthusiasts there and I think we will also create a special burger that's only available in Riyadh so you'll have to fly there <laughs> to try that love this bit of local burger enthusiast and, and well I just want to say congratulations to be honest it's really wonderful to hear about it's always it's always great to hear things happening on Dubai dining scene but it's more exciting now to hear about brands that have been created here going international rather than us getting you know celebrity chefs or established brands and, and restaurants coming coming into the country and, and you know, the rest of the world should be should be paying attention we've got an awful lot to say and, and some incredible food so to to hear about you guys going global is uh, is wonderful indeed welcome back to farmer's kitchen with spinnies eat well live well only on dubai i 103.8 helen farmer with you as we're in the last half hour of this foodie extravaganza hoping some tasting's going to come very very soon chef russell russell Impiazza is here exact chef at the Sofitel Dubai Obelisk, and it is smelling amazing. <laughs> it really, really is. We are making this afternoon a beef wellington, creamy mashed potato, and a classic gravy as well. I just need to know from you this afternoon, what is the food you cannot stand? Maybe you've tried over the years, different cooking techniques, different sauces. It just hasn't worked. For me, it is bananas. I wish I liked them and trust me, there's never been a time I wanted that more than when I was 
uh, in Africa uh, at the world's biggest bar- banana market and then later served banana stew after eight hours of climbing up a mountain. So if that's under those circumstances, I still can't like them. I think I need to make my peace with it. For Pia, it's white bread. Uh, Aris saying red chilies. Um, no name on this one. Peanut butter. Love peanuts. Love satay. Cannot stand peanut butter. And Joe says, I'm not a fan of Brussels sprouts. Tastes bitter, but apparently the ability to taste the bitterness is genetic. So what is it for you? We're here this afternoon talking about the latest foodie news with a foodie entrepreneur, Dr. Hamad, joining us. He's one of the co-founders of High Joint, one of Dubai's most popular burger joints. And they are expanding throughout the city and internationally as well. We're having a look at the latest headlines. Dr. Hamad, it's been two weeks of Expo 2020 Dubai. Have you managed to pay a visit yet? Uh, yes, of course, uh, for several reasons. First of all, High Joint is there in, uh, in, in Expo. It is, it is. And uh, I've, I've, I've managed to go there a couple of times. And uh, the variety of food there is amazing. Uh, I haven't uh, yet ventured all throughout. But uh, as a burger enthusiast, I'd like to say, I'd, I'd like to remove all my titles relating to High Joint. I went and found something... Uh, you won't find easily mentioned anywhere, which is, uh, they said, is the best burger in Denmark, which is called <laughs> Hungry Dane. And it's okay. right at the, at, at the, at the, Den, at the Danish, Danish uh, pavilion. And they serve really, really good uh, sandwiches there so far, the ones I tasted. And you I are a that's star. Worth a visit. Yeah. Hungry Dane burgers in the Denmark Pavilion. Okay, I am on yeah. this because we're broadcasting from there every single Wednesday, and I'm on a personal mission right. to have a different meal every time I go. And I don't think this is going to be a challenge because there are 192 countries showcasing their cultures and, of course, their food as well. About 200 eateries, and the expo traditionally has been really well known for kind of a bit of a fertile ground for introducing some culinary innovations: ice cream cone, hot dog bun tomato ketchup so dubai is not coming up short we had a look around the talabat kitchen yesterday and it was like um, it was like a mix between you know 2001 space odyssey and willy wonka you can I mean, they've got conveyor belts of your deliveries they've got robots delivering uh, oh my goodness chef just wrestles just come over with some incredibly creamy mashed potato do not come over here unless you've got a spoon for me to try it <laughs> it smells incredible here dr hamad i wanted to ask you um, you mentioned earlier that at your different branches, you've got different kind of key hero ingredients, different secret menus. You mentioned jackfruit. And I wondered, as a burger enthusiast, how do you feel about the imitation meats, your beyonds, your moving mountains? Is it something you've dabbled with and, and tried with your, with your taste tests? Um, I have. I have tried it. I mean, I used to uh, think of it maybe uh, about three years ago. I wasn't a big fan, you know, but I think uh, this is part of the business in, uh, in burgers and meats overall that's evolving very quickly and is growing very fast. Uh, and I've tasted a couple, anything from Impossible Meat, Beyond Meat, and many, many, many other brands. Uh, I do love them, but I think I'm more fond of um, ready, veg- I mean, vegetables or any other, you know, freshly sourced uh, alternative that can substitute a burger as well. Uh, mm. Like in High Joint, the first vegetarian-friendly burger we served was the halloumi katsu. So we used a cheese that's very popular in this area of the world and kind of uh, treated the katsu way. And I love that. We also do the, you know, the, the another beef alternative, you know, the ones that are made and processed, which is really good. And I, I must say, 
uh, I'm a fan of a lot of burger places in Dubai. And I must say that I like pickle as well. And I've tried mm-hmm. their recent uh, Impossible Meat burgers as well. And I can say it really tastes uh, very, very, very close to beef as well. It's really, really it's a really interesting time for it because there's been so much innovation in this area, um, and the market is is skyrocketing. Estimations by 2024, it's going to be worth more than 23 billion dollars. Now, my six-year-old, who is a dedicated carnivore, um, loves the the Moving Mountains one in particular from Spinney's, but they are expensive. You know, they're when you when you kind of compare weight for weight, like for like. You know, plant-based meat products um, are, you know, definitely more expensive. It's going to be interesting to see how that adjusts and, and how that um, kind of impacts the market over the over the coming years. Because I think that could be a real, you know, cause for concern and perhaps put people off. When it comes to pricing on your menu as well, is that something you need to be mindful of? Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, when we offered the beef alternative, plant-based beef patties in our menu, I mean, it is a little bit spicier than, than, than beef itself. But I mean, being in the technology sector for a long time, a lot of different, I would still consider this technology-based. There's a lot of lab mm-hmm. and research and development. And I guess in the beginnings, it's always expensive. And as you grow and the production becomes, uh, there's more demand and there's more supply, the, the, the beef, I mean, these will eventually go down in price. That's, that's, that's my belief about it. Watch this space now. Something that is, uh, has always been traditionally quite uh, quite well priced is bread, um, and toast seems to be having a bit of a moment. Victoria Beckham has been talking about how she has a plain bite. Uh, Shakespeare himself has done an ode to toast. For me, my husband's out tonight. Left to my own devices, I will have scrambled eggs on toast. I love you know just like breakfast for dinner. What is your go-to if you're having a bit of a, a, a sliced bread in the grill? What about you, Hamad? I would really, really... I mean, I don't want to copy the same answer, but I do like pouched eggs on toast any time of the day. I think this influence comes from me. Uh, um, uh, I don't know. I don't. Maybe it's not, but I've, I've been having it ever since I lived in the UK in 2010. <laughs> and I've been an addict for anything with pouched egg on toast. Oh, I love it. Well, it's 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 interesting because you think about that kind of millennial trend, you know, avocado on toast, poached eggs on toast, uh, the sourdough that became incredibly popular during the pandemic. Um, apparently, toast has been around for about 30,000 years. So uh, so let us know your your go to's. We'd uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, can I ask you, Hamad, what are your foodie plans for the weekend? Where are you going? What are you eating? Anything we should be uh, kind of be inspired by? I mean, uh, for me, uh, weekends is usually the day I spend at home and uh, we'd eat our family meals at. On Fridays, it's always going to be fresh fish from the market, from one of Dubai's markets, whether in Jumeirah or the one in Deira. But mm. I think this weekend I'm going to make an exception and actually roam around Expo in the areas that I haven't seen yet. And hopefully find something from another country that I want to try. We are so lucky to be able to do this on our very doorstep. Please, Dr. Hamad, report back. You've already given us a brilliant tip on uh, a burger from Denmark. And uh, Noma in Denmark has, has again won World's Best Restaurant. So they've got, some, they've got some pretty good credentials, those Danes, when it comes to food. So please let us know your discoveries. We're going to be there broadcasting live every single Wednesday. So I'll report back on some of our foodie finds as well. And lastly, Dr. Hamad, if anyone's going to High Joint over this weekend, then let's use the Almanaro branch as an example because it's my, it's my local one. 
What do you feel like is the best bite at High Joint right now? Oh, well, I mean, I mean, capture the secret menu before it disappears again in the next couple of weeks. Um, but mm. my favorite, my favorite always, because it's, uh, the menu's been updated, the general menu, because of our third anniversary last week. So the go-to is, for me, is the double, the double cheeseburger, the double X. It's a, it's a basic, but yet very tasty, double patty, double cheese with homemade pickles and some diced onion. That is my go-to in Manala, and I think uh, that you should try. Mouth-watering. Dr. Hamad, thank you so, so much. All the best to, to you and the team. Um, Hydro into Al-Kamanish and uh, in Al-Manara as well. And going global soon. So support your local burger joint. Um, I would just like to say, if you haven't tried the chips there, the fries, you have not lived. I don't want to know the alchemy in this kind of vinegar, salt, dust they put on. Mouth is watering just thinking about it. So go out, get yourself a burger this weekend. This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. I have really, really enjoyed your messages this afternoon, talking about the food that you really hate. <laughs> and some surprising ones. We've had everything from apples to sushi and quite a lot of the old kind of seafood and awful tripe type foods as well um everything from snake soup to bitter gourd um mariam uh saying i can't make myself eat or like okra or ladyfingers they are slimy they often have caterpillars in them Ooh, fun fact i do cook them and feed my kids though because they've got loads of fiber <laughs> Love it. do as i say not as i do and bang on time a chef has arrived at my table with the most Oh my goodness, this looks incredible. The most beautifully plated beef wellington. Chef Russell and Piazzi is with us. He is the exec chef at Sofitel Dubai, the obelisk. And this looks like a gorgeous plate of food. I'm going to need a knife and fork, Hanani, I think. Um, tell us a little bit about what is on this plate, because I've seen the component parts, but it hasn't all come together just yet. So we've got our beef wellington, we've got some roasted tomatoes, and some mash as well. Talk to me about how you put together this beef wellington, Chef. Yep, so we started with uh, searing the beef, uh, getting a really good caramelisation on it. Then we did the, the mushrooms in the oven, and we blitzed them up with some spinach. Um, then we coated the, the beef with some nice English mustard for another layer of flavour. Uh, we made the crepe, the herb crepe, with some thyme and some salt. Uh, so it's a, a salty pancake, which is nice. And then we wrapped him up like a, like a birthday present. Um, <laughs> like a little beef burrito. And then, and then we... Lost veg wash back in the fridge, let it rest for a little bit, and then we cooked it in the oven at 180 um, for about half an hour. And we got a perfect medium, medium rare beef wellington. The mashed potato, as said, the same technique as I explained earlier, lots of boiling water, and then we finished it with, um, yeah, quite a bit of butter. Uh, <laughs> well seasoned. I'm going in. And, and, the, and the, the gravy's not too bad either. As a, as a very proud northern woman who prides her family's gravy, you, sir, I've done an exceptional job there. You really, really have. And do you know what's nice? It's a decent plate of food. It's not an intimidating no. amount, but it's that's gonna that's gonna put some. Uh, put some but the, the tomatoes ribs. are fantastic as well. They've got a really nice sweetness to it, and it just kind of balances the pastry a little bit. The, the richness. Now, if anyone's listening this afternoon and they can't um, quite face the thought of making their own beef Wellington, this is on the menu at the obelisk in, at the nine in, in the nine in the nine yeah go and see chef michael and he will absolutely sort you out okay i'm, go- I'm going in so tell us a little bit if we're going to your hotel over the weekend 
Let's let's put the beef Wellington aside. Yep. What is the one dish you think people need to have in order to have the obelisk experience? Oh goodness, I can't pick one. <laughs> um, look, if you're going to go to 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 any of the restaurant, Tyco was amazing. Uh, anything off the Rabata Grill was great. Um, the, the the beef dish that, that Nicholas does is amazing. New menu that he just introduces a. A fabulous salt and pink pepper crusted um, mm. local seafood. He's got red snapper today, um, and then we have the Saturday roast uh, in the nine. So there's, oh. there's quite a bit going on in, in all events, and of course afternoon tea is good any day of the week. Well, this is an absolute triumph. I'm going to very happily hand over to Offscript so they can talk between five and eight while I enjoy Chef Russell and your team. What a brilliant brief, Wellington. Thank you so so much. Really appreciate your time, your expertise. Everyone's had a brilliant experience this afternoon. Um, so. Uh, Thank you very, very much yeah, indeed. And if you want to join us for a future Farmer's Kitchen brought to you by Spinney's here at ICCA, stay tuned to Dubai I 103.8. Always looking for people to come down and learn some of the tricks of the trade from the best in the business. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai I 103.8. Don't forget, you can tune in live to Farmer's Kitchen every single Thursday afternoon on Dubai I 103.8 between 2 and 5 p.m.